We are in a brand new series on boundaries, and this has come up quite a bit from folks within our community, uh, from folks I'm interacting with um, outside of this uh, community. And there's a, a constant question around how to do it. Um, what does a boundary look like? Um, and even if they don't use that, that word boundary, it uh, tends to be that, 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 uh, that topic. Like, you know, I have a relationship and I'm having problems uh, with this individual and I don't know what to do and on and on it goes. And eventually we end up on a conversation about boundaries. And as soon as I mention that, there's a sort of knowing, yeah, that's, that's a struggle for me. So uh, we figured we'd jump into that and use the book of Proverbs as our launching point. Uh, Proverbs is a fascinating book of wisdom. Um, it is something that has been used by people for many, many, many centuries. Uh, even those who wouldn't consider themselves uh, followers of God, believers, um, the wisdom of it has still been something that many have been drawn to. And there certainly are some quirky passages in there that we don't know what to do with, but there are others that are really, really, really helpful to us. Um, so what I like to begin with is this contrast that the book of Proverbs paints between two types of people. Um, and that is between the wise and the fool. This is a contrast that Proverbs paints. This, it, it, it is done in that binary, that black and white kind of way of doing it, because that's how we teach. If you're going to teach something, let's say you were to teach human uh, the, uh, on the human anatomy, okay, and you were to describe the different parts of the brain, let's say, uh, you would describe different parts of the brain in their separate functions. Uh, you might say, okay, I'm going to describe um, the arm of a person. It has ligaments, it has muscles, and you will describe their unique individual functions outside of their relationship with each other. For example, the muscle in the forearm unrelated to the ligament. That's how you would start. You would teach about the muscle, its function, its density, its so forth. You would teach all about that. But is it true that a muscle exists disconnected from anything else? <laughs> the answer is obviously no. It is very connected. It is very interrelated with so many different things that are happening in the, the human body, but it's necessary to teach it as its own in order for you to understand it. So that's what Proverbs is doing. And people miss this all the time. They assume that they're when they're reading um, pro, uh, uh, wisdom literature, that its intent is to say that there are only this and there's only that, and they get into black and white thinking. And people who tend towards black and white thinking jump on that and say, there's only wise people and there's only fool, two categories. And that's not the way reality works. Reality works in that uh, the reason why it's being taught this way is so that you can find the aspects of wisdom within yourself and you can find the aspects of the fool within yourself as well. That's the point that you are able to see it in start, such stark contrast that you can go, man, I do that. I'm that, I'm that fool. But over here, yeah, I do that. That's wisdom. Wow. So, yeah, I can see that. And then the proverb then says, here's how to, here's how to respond to that. Okay. So, the wise and the fool. 
Um, I'd like to make this a little bit collaborative today. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this, so I hope to be able to do this in, in, in a timely manner. But let's look at uh, what you might have to say about what. Give me some characteristics of a wise person and a foolish person. Don't worry about whether it's in Proverbs or not in Proverbs or don't worry about any of that. Um, undoubtedly, whatever you conceive as wise is going to be found in the book of Proverbs is very little in there that you and I have not actually experienced. If you've lived a while, you, you know you've experienced that. Uh, so give me some, oh, excellent, Danielle. Willing to change. Yeah, that's one of my big points in my sermon this morning. <laughs> so thank you. Yes, willing to change. That's a big one for the wise. Okay. Okay. So fool. Okay. So that's one for the fool. Stubborn. Yes. Fool returns to his vomit. What does that mean, Kevin? <laughs> He's like, well, I just read that and I put it in there, but uh, there's, there's more to it, right? Uh, wise is a learner. They don't assume they know. Excellent. Yes. Thanks before speaking. Very, very good. Returns to <laughs> thanks for that very eloquent and uh, developed thought there, Kevin. Returns to his poo-poo. Uh, keeps going back to the same. Yeah, there you go, Jim. You had the same, yeah, similar response. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because it's like I left it and I'm done with it, but then I'm back in it. That is so human. That's so characteristic of all of us, isn't it? How many times? I have found myself being free, you know, freeing myself. And then how did I end up here again? Right. <laughs> this is human nature. Anything else on the wise and the fool? Fool can't learn because they believe themselves over wise others. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Okay. Well, let me share some verses with you. You can keep putting stuff in there. That's that's excellent. Wise gets help. Yes, absolutely. Let's look at, uh, let me share the screen here with you guys. And it's bigger here. Nope, that's not what I wanted to do. There we go. All right, so you guys can see this. So, these are verse, some of the verses we sent out to you. I added a few. Proverbs 9, 7 through 9. Whoever corrects a mocker invites in. Well, let me, let me just pause here before I throw this at you because Proverbs does the contrast as we just did between what does a wise person look like? What does a foolish person look like? That's, that's an important part of what Proverbs is trying to teach. The other one that he teaches is um, what, does, uh, what do wise people do? What do foolish people do? And then, um, and then what to do about it. So you're going to run into a lot of what to do about it in the book of Proverbs. So Proverbs 9, 7 through 9, whoever corrects a mocker invites insult, whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. Okay. That's a huge one. We'll come back to this one. Proverbs 12, 15. The way the fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Proverbs 14, 7, stay away from the fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. Okay, we're going to come back to this one a lot, too, because why is it that it's difficult to stay away from a fool? 
Proverbs wouldn't say that if it was easy. If none of us actually hung around fools, Proverbs would have nothing to say to us about staying away from fools. And yet over and over again, he keeps coming, the writer keeps coming back to that saying, stay away from fools. Um, don't give them advice. They won't take it. Um, so he establishes like real strong boundaries. And yet I find myself having a hard time with it. So that's what I'm going to ask all of you is later on. So sort of three questions were the, who are the wise, who are the fool? And then why is it so difficult to have boundaries um, in day to day, like a real practical, theoretically, we can be like, I totally agree with that. But then our friends, what do we do with our friends? What do we do with people that we hang out with, people that we know, um, people that we engage in conversations with um, at length? Um, yeah, all of that. Like, why is it difficult? So Proverbs 1628, a, pro a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. So this is a, one, another one of the characteristics of a, of a, of a fool. Um, <clears throat> and notice that uh, the proverb will do this over and over again. He'll say the perverse person, the slothful person, uh, the wicked. He'll have all kinds of synonyms for the same uh, the same person, the foolish person. Proverbs 20, verse five, the purpose, uh, purposes of a person's heart are deep waters. Uh, but the one who has insight draws them out. I found this, I put this in here because I found this absolutely fascinating that I'm not sure here whether he is saying that the person does that for themselves or does that for others meaning that they help draw out the person's, the purposes of a person's heart. Or are you drawing out the purposes of your own heart? Either way, both are important. And I find that whenever, um, whenever I've been in a place of real foolishness, I don't want my heart to be seen. I don't want the deeper plans and motivations to be seen. I don't want you, I don't want you going near that, my motivations. I don't want you touching them. I, I don't want that seen. So when I'm in a bad place, that's generally where I'm at. I'm like, nope, just listen to what I have to say. I don't want to go there. Um, and I think that that's true for all of us, I would imagine, is that, um, you know, uh, it, it, is, it is wisdom that helps to bring out that stuff. But the foolish part of our, of our side will try to prevent that from coming out. It is also a wise person that tries to bring out the purposes of another person. But if they don't want the wisdom and they want to remain in foolishness, they will say, nope, I don't want you dealing with the motivations of my heart. <laughs> Leave that alone. Um, all right. So those are the verses. We'll come back. I'll stop share for a second here. Uh, what else was added while I was chatting? Kevin was cautious to avoid knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, very very constant there in Proverbs, like impulsivity is like viewed quite negatively. Uh, fool is binary over paradox. Yep. Misinformed and misinformed. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So, um, there we are. Find my, my notes here. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about, um, a few things related to the wise and the fool. Let's start there. And then I'll ask you to fill in for me what are the reasons we struggle with creating boundaries. Um, one of the 
challenges I'm noticing today in our culture is that we have this sort of everybody's the same mindset. Okay. So like nobody's better than anyone else. We even say that about ourselves. I'm no better than you, right? Everybody's the same. We all just have different ways of covering up our, our stuff. And I, and I understand the sentiment and I even understand a lot of the underneath sort of, you know, um, the, 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 maybe the, the desire to not make anybody feel less than or to feel worse about themselves um, and make them more self-conscious, you know, perhaps than they are. But we, we have to recognize that there, if you're going to, if you're going to say, I'm, I'm, I want to serve and I want to help other people, I want to help lift up other people. If you're trying to help lift up other people, that means that you must be in a place that you are capable of lifting somebody else up. Does that make sense? Like if, if, if you're all in the same, if you've all fallen into a hole and you're saying, um, then you could say, yes, we are all the same. We're all in the same place. That would make sense. That would be true. But if I'm not in the hole and I'm standing outside the hole, or if you're not in the hole and you're standing outside the hole, let's say I'm in the hole. And I say, who do you think you are? You think you're better than me? <laughs> You'd be, you might be tempted to go, no, 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 no. I'll jump right in the hole with you to show you I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you. But then you've just lost your ability to rescue, to help, to really serve other people. Um, and so to some degree, we have to recognize there are people who are a few steps ahead. And it's okay to say that. It's not politically correct to say that, but it is, to my mind, it is actually more true to say there are people that are further ahead. I have my North Stars. I can name them. There are people that I know who are further ahead than me in particular areas of my life that I'd like to grow more into. And those are people I look to to help me. Early on in sales, when I was a sales guy years and years ago, um, there were a bunch of sales guys that uh, hated the top selling dude. And he was, he was a piece of, you know what? He definitely was totally arrogant, narcissistic, liked to tell everybody else he was better than them. <clears throat> and, uh, and so he was hated. Oh, man. I used to come in and I'd hear these like hate fests from the other sales guys just ripping him apart behind his back, you know. Um, and I, I'd, be, so I'd join in because I wanted relationship. I wanted friendship, even though Proverbs says like doing that kind of thing is not wise. I was still doing it. I was in there with them. But I also decided I'm going to hang out with this guy. And the reason why I decided to hang out with him was because he was better than me at sales. And I wanted to learn what he knew. So I sucked up my pride. I hung out with him. And I learned a ton from watching him. And eventually, I became one of the top selling guys on my level. There were levels above me that I never touched, but on my level. So... Um, we were small accounts. I did small accounts and there were larger accounts. And, um, and so, um, but that was all because of imitation. I'd learned to imitate, to watch how he did it, and then to, to learn from that. So Proverbs describes that as like, that's the wise way to approach it is that you understand that there are people that are further ahead that you then can imitate and follow. Now I say all that to say, this is the proper way of looking at boundaries, because if you are at a place where you are further ahead in one area of your life. Let's say you've been um, alcohol-free for a while and you've learned to live without it because you're addicted to it. And then you're, say, you're working with people that are addicted. 
you have something to contribute to them. You have something to say. You have something to uh, to do that will serve them. And it would be wise on their part to say, I'm listening to you. However, if they're rejecting all the input and all the advice they're getting, it is not for you to jump in the hole and go, oh, no, we're all equal, we're all the same. We're just, it's for you to say boundaries means I have to move on. Because that's what Proverbs teaches us is that the, the fool will continue to stay in their stuff and they will pull you down with them. And so you have to move on. It isn't about, it isn't about saying, I'm never talking with you again. You're bad. You're, no, it's just the wisdom I'm giving you. Apparently you're not able to hear or what I'm saying to you may not be wise to you, may not be helpful to you. And so I need to, you know, um, so I, I can't contribute much more, you know, and I had to do that recently for someone who, no matter what I said, I was rebuffed at every turn. And, um, and, and this person was seeking my wisdom, but yet rejecting all of it. And I had to say, apparently it's not helpful to you. I'm not being helpful to you. So I don't know what else to do for you. And I literally had to end the call to say, that's, there's not much I can do, you know? Um, and so unfortunately that's the part that really sucks for all of us, right? It's, we hate that part so much. And so I'm already starting to talk a little bit about why it's so hard to have boundaries, right? So we'll talk, talk a little bit more about that, um, in a in a bit but um but i needed to say this part because there's such a cultural value around uh we're all the same that it can tend to bring us down into that place as well and what i like to say is that if i'm a few steps ahead of you it has nothing to do with like i'm special <laughs> i'm more special than you or there's something about me that no we're all recipients of god's grace that's plain and simple we're all recipients of god's grace there are some of us who actually reach up and grab a hold of it that's the only thing i'm dumb enough to actually reach up sometimes and grab a hold of it where most of the time i'm more of a fool that doesn't right so the occasional times that i do i grow and then i'm able to serve and help other people does that make sense so far and please feel free to like say, you know, whatever, add to your, add to this. Um, uh, let me add a characteristic to the wise people that wasn't brought up. Um, well, actually it was brought up, Never mind. <laughs> um, so the wise are not the perfect, smart, or most talented people. It's not who wise people are. So if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I'm feeling pretty low by myself. I've got all kinds of difficulties and challenges. And these people that are like ahead of me, they look so smart. They look so, you know, so talented. They just got things going for them. That's the narrative that oftentimes I have felt when I've been in a lower place. Have you ever felt that? It's kind of like starts to work a little bit of envy, a little bit of like you want to you want to keep things. You want to bring them down a little bit so you don't feel so low about yourself. Okay, so from the perspective of a fool, man, it, it, it is, or somebody who's wounded or hurt, it is so painful to be looking at other people who are doing well and you're struggling, right? And so we can try to bring people down. That, that'd be much easier. That was like the sales guys. We we're all trying to bring him down a few notches. So none of us felt as bad as we did because he was, you know, showing us his, which, I mean, this is a real piece of, you know what, he would show his checks to us like, hey, guys, look, he flash it in our face, like so arrogant. And so we're trying to bring him down to make ourselves feel better. And that doesn't work, right? Because you, all you do, even if you bring him down, is you're still in the hole. But now you just get company in the hole. Um, 
And so what you want to do maybe, if you do, is to actually reach up and get out of the hole um, and, and move on. But, um, but when we're looking up, we can see those people as like, you must be more talented. Maybe you're just lucky. Maybe things just go your way naturally, right? You've ever said that? Like, how does, that, how does everything good happen to you? And all bad things happen to me. If you've ever said that, you're part of the human race, man. We have all had those moments where we have felt like other people just have it better than we do. Now, yes, yeah, some people are talented. That's the reason why they have a lot of things go their way. But that doesn't mean they're wise. Right? You can grow in wisdom. And that's what I love about this is that the Proverbs writer is not saying that wise people are smarter, more talented. He's actually saying, no, they can, be just, they can be just as much of an idiot as anyone else. It's just that they actually reach up. They actually respond to the wisdom, even when it hurts. And so this is what I want to add to it is, the people in your life who are giving you wisdom should not be the people, well, they can be, they can be your close friends, right? But they can also be people you don't like. You don't have to like them. They don't always, they're not always people that make you feel good. That's the reason why the proverb says better are the wounds from a friend than, than the many kisses of your enemy. But how many of us, I mean, it's such an excellent proverb because I'll tell you the truth. In my misery, I prefer the kisses of an enemy. I'm, I'm being honest. I'd rather by far have the kisses of my enemy than for a good friend to go, that right there, what you're doing, you're doing it to yourself. This is what you need. This is how you need to change. This is what you need to do. Like, I hate that. But I've learned to love it because I know now that the faithful wounds of a friend actually produces growth in my own life. It's for my betterment. And if I respond to it, it does really oftentimes do a lot of good. Okay. So that's the wisdom of um, people uh, around you who may not necessarily be your friends or people that you, that you even like. Um, okay, let's see if there's anything else I want to say about that. Um, Okay, that's it on that. Let's go to, let's go to, um, say more, uh, Glenn, you said demoralizing. Say more, what do you mean by demoralizing? And let, let's just, listen, we're a small group here. Let's just take everybody off of mute for a second and just pipe in when you can. If you're making too much noise, we'll mute you. But, <laughs> but if there's no background <laughs> noise, and uh, I'd love to hear from, from you guys, just say stuff. You know, what is, Glenn, what do you mean by, by demoralizing? Well, you know, you're right. And, and uh, the fool tries to prove you wrong and berate you in front of others so that you tend to agree with them. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, sad. Glenn, you bring up a, that's a really good point. Like this happens all the time, all the time. Every day. Tell, every day. I have people tell me this all the time. Like, you know, I start to move forward and then this person says this about me or says this to me, you know, it might be directly to them, but it'll be sometimes in front of other people. So yeah, it's absolutely demoralizing. I, um, I wrote a terrible proverb, a parable, really terrible parable, but um, I shared it with Danielle and, and she actually said it was, it, it spoke to her. So I'll, I'll take that, but, but it's, um, but it's the idea of like, 
you know, if you're if you're all floating, if there are thousands of you floating in the ocean and you're all like just learning to survive, you can eventually have this community that just is about survival. They're all just surviving. And then they pride themselves in being better survivors than other people, but they never get out of the water and they're they're going to drown eventually. And eventually, you know, and there are, there are choppers that are flying overhead, dropping the rope ladders, but nobody even sees them and it looks up, you know. And if you dare to look up and grab a hold of the ladder to be pulled up and out, oftentimes it's your community that's going to be harsh on you. The people that were supposedly your closest friends will be harsh to you once you start moving forward. How many could say like, amen to that? You know what, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a really tough, which is, this is another point, Glenn, too. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why boundaries are so relevant. He hates me, but I did what I do. Oh, they left. I can hear you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, why, let's talk about that. Why, uh, why is it difficult? What else? What are some other reasons it's difficult to create boundaries? Can be exhausting. Sometimes yeah. it's just easier to be like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. find it hard because I'm always seeking approval. Ah. And um, anything anybody else says, um, you know, I usually tend to agree or not say anything at all. Deanna, you know why I'm applauding you? You just named the re- the more the the motivation. This is Proverbs the verse the chapter I read twenty verse five, which are the plans or the purposes of a person's heart are like deep waters, but it's the wise that actually bring it up and out. You just brought it out. You just brought out what is the what's the driver? What's the core motivation? It's like I need approval. So that's excellent because you've already named that, and now you can start to work on that. It doesn't, doesn't make it like suddenly it's easy, but at least now your, your aim will be true. You'll be able to aim directly at that to say, it's the approval. I know it is. And can I work against that approval occasionally in order to do the thing that I need to do, you know, but yes, yes, that is, um, I appreciate you sharing the motivation. And that's a big one for a a number of people is approval. being liked Mm. according to a number of psychologists like that is one of the hardest traits to get past is the desire to be liked and how it compromises your ability to succeed in life and to make great decisions is the desire to be liked is so powerful within some of us so yeah thank you what else what are some other Motivations, Danielle. You've got your uh, little hand raised on the. Well, Sal did too, so I just asked Sal to unmute. <laughs> oh, awesome! Go ahead, Danielle. No, all right, I'll go quick. Um, I just think for me, it's like the old tapes, like the old stories I used to tell myself that if I hurt someone, I create those boundaries, and they don't like it. They almost like find me out. Like they're gonna be like, oh, and almost like confirm what I already think about myself. You know what I mean, like. They're gonna see me now and they're gonna see the who I tried to be. Uh, I'm not tracking. Say say um explain can you say that again? Yeah, it's like those those old tapes of like me being like I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not 
enough. Like, yeah. Missing. And if I create those boundaries, then people are going to find me out and be like, all right, she's not, and not, she is what she thinks she is. It's almost a confirmation of those old stories that I've told myself in the past. Right. Like, who am I to stand up to yeah. a fool when I used to be a fool? Yeah, that too. That's just what I was hearing. I yeah. don't know how to clarify that anymore. Like, yeah, there's a disconnect, there's a disconnection in my mind between those two things of like, yeah. Because so, I, already, I already tell myself these stories. Like I work really hard not to tell myself those old stories, but they're still there, right? So if I create a boundary and someone doesn't like it, then they're going to see me for, for what I already think about myself. Mm-hmm. You know? They're going to confirm it. Yeah. I, I think I, I get it. Um, so you're saying that there's these tapes you play, and then if you put in a boundary, then they're not gonna, someone's not going to like it. So they're going to try to throw jabs at you. And one of the things they can do is to throw things that hit your buttons on those, those tapes of like, oh, she is not worth anything. And just kind of push your buttons and hit your soft spots. Mm. That's right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's a risk of, of being vulnerable to what you know you have some chinks in your, in your armor. Thank you, Rob. Um, Excellent. Yeah, that does help explain. Well, I a, can I ask her a question? So is it like how them, they might say to you or think, oh, she's calling the kettle black, like by she's setting this boundary and who does she think she is or whatever? And they might start judging in that way or especially if they know your struggles. <laughs> so they confirm your work. They confirm what you already believe is essentially what you're saying through that they can make these accusations uh, it, it is it is so that version and i think there are other versions that were just brought up like by others here um and i would have another version of that but it is that fear of like if i draw a boundary then it can be used against me in some way mm -hmm. uh, you know and that is a terrifying feeling for a lot of us um that's a really good i think a really good thing to think about like Creating boundaries is a risk to it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the the question. What are the risks? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> are you done, Danielle? Okay, I just want I just wanted to be certain. Then, so I have more of a. I have. I don't have a problem setting boundaries. I have a problem with. Well, because I've changed, especially since I've been here in Florida, I got rid of a large circle, <clears throat> excuse me, that wasn't healthy, of a social circle in, in Boston area, in uh, Winthrop. And now I'm finding that, let me keep, let me keep it, let me, let me be a little bit more direct with toxic family members. <laughs> setting healthy boundaries. And I've been told for a very many many years um even you know if it's not toxicity it's definitely not the most healthy when i tried i find when i set boundaries um on a pedestal get off my pedestal and i'm actually hearing the words you know i've been told for a lot of years from my parents when i've just been trying to be healthy and even in my social circle now I really only have healthy people for the most part in my world 
on a on a on a social level because I can't afford to be I can't afford the negativity anymore. I'm just too old for that. And it keeps me sick. And it the devil works on my emotions with negative unhealthy relationships, you know. But I find that people think, well, I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that people are I don't feel like I'm better than I have like pretty much low self-esteem. It's all like a front. <laughs> but um yeah, when I set boundaries to people, it's like, well, who are you? I'm get I seem to get that from people. And I don't know how does anybody else maybe it's more just anybody else or has anybody else ever gone through this as they got healthier in their mind and heart and relationship with God. Has anybody else experienced this at all? Danielle's not. <laughs> yeah. No? Yeah. Danielle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think you'll I don't think you'll ever create a boundary where people will go, oh man, thank you for creating a boundary and telling me you can't talk to me as much as you used to. I mean this is no one feels good about a boundary being set. Uh, but remember this, the boundary is not a punishment. And when it, we use boundaries, sometimes we do use boundaries as punishment. Um, I've caught it in myself doing boundaries as a passive uh, form of vengeance. I've been hurt. So now I'm going to create this boundary. And they're not, they're not supposed to be that. Wait until, wait until the vengeance is passed. Okay act out of love mm. this boundary is not to try to punish you the boundary is also not uh, a patronizing way of trying to fix someone else so even if it's not vengeance it can come across to someone else as you're patronizing you're trying to fix me mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not to fix anybody the boundary has nothing to do with fixing someone else the boundary has to do with you are protecting yourself and you must because if you do not take care of the garden that god gave you genesis 1 to um excuse me genesis uh yeah genesis 2 i think uh to maintain it's yours to maintain to subdue to take care of to ensure it grows if you don't take care of the garden of your own soul you have you're not going to have anything to give to anyone else you must that is primary people feel like that's selfish it is the most loving thing you can do because if you don't, and that's the hardest thing is to understand love in that form. We understand love in the nurture form. We don't understand love as the form that says, it's time to get up and get going. Let's go. Stephanie raised uh, a side point that I think is interesting that boundaries can be more difficult with family. You can choose your friends, but you're stuck with your family. Much more difficult. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you, you know, you, again, you have to, you, you have to, this, 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 this is a, this is a big topic that can go for a long time in terms of like, <laughs> for each one of you, how that would work out in your family or in your, among your friends. Um, it is a challenge. It is difficult. The very fact that we're having this conversation will start moving you towards having wisdom around it, right? Whenever you pay attention to something, more comes. Whenever you ignore something, nothing happens in that so it's like shining a light on something it is it is like aiming the sun 
that is, you know, a plant that's been in the shade. It's like aiming sun towards a plant that needs sun. And then the, then that plant starts to grow. That's what the attention does. It aims the light where it needs to go. And so the moment that we do this, you're going to start having, you're going to start having wisdom. It'll start coming to you. But, um, but ask yourself those questions of like, what is, what is a boundary that I need to have here that is for my protection, not for punishment or for trying to fix someone else. It's for my protection and for my health and my growth. And that boundary uh, needs to be communicated that way too. It's not like, you know what, um, you're toxic. And so I'm going to cut you out of my life. <laughs> like <laughs> that, it's not good for you and it's not good for them. It's better for you to say, you know what, I recognize some challenges and issues in my own life. And I recognize I'm not like Jesus. Jesus could be with you without, you know, without any, you know, problems, but I can't, I've got areas that I need to grow in. And so you communicate it with humility as best as you can. Um, but anyways, this is a series. There'll be more. Um, so um, really appreciate the feedback. The, 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 uh, this, this dynamic has hopefully been helpful to you to get our, our thoughts going and um, more. Okay. Can I just say something? Yeah. Really quick. Um, I, I, uh, when, when I was younger, um, my dad used to say, think Patty, think, you know, in a phrase, you know, so I was like, and that would bother me, you know, especially as I got older. But um, there was this, um, it's not in Proverbs, but it's in Ecclesiastics, which is wisdom stuff too. And uh, um, so it's, it was this verse that, that I read and I was like, okay, I need to think about this, you know, and not take offense. But it was, if the ax is dull and its edge is unsharpened, more skill is needed. I mean, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. And it just brought to mind for me at that, you know, at that time that while there is wisdom in understanding something, instead of just putting more strength to sharpening something, if you don't have the right tools or whatever. And so uh, one of the things I just want to think here is that having a boundary, it is kind of like a tool. So it's how many have ever grabbed a tool and they really didn't know how to use it and you're not using it right. You're like, this doesn't work. This tool doesn't work. And it tends to be because we have to learn how to use some tools and understand them and how it impacts us and how it's going to help us as well as, you know, maybe help others if we're doing stuff with it um, because it is affecting both people when you do a boundary and it can be hard to communicate stuff that's going on. And sometimes the simplest thing is to be able to say, I just need some space because I'm discovering stuff about myself. If you're not really sure how to even start sending, setting boundaries um, so that they, there's grace to the other person um, until you figure out, you know, um, what's going on, you know, what's going on with me and why do I need the space? Like Deanna said, you know, she's, she realizes things about herself with, you know, uh, wanting affirmation and stuff. So that's something that helps when you're understanding yourself in, in setting a boundary in relationships and stuff, because it's very difficult and I do not do it well at all and stuff. Um, and I'm constantly learning every day. So I don't hurt people around me. So I don't keep hurting myself. Um, and so we live a better life in our families and with friends. So thanks. Love you guys. Thank you, Patty. Setting boundaries is uh, setting boundaries for others as well as yourself. And when others break that boundary, 
how do we control our boundaries? Uh, in silence is, is what I get from reading it, and, and not to respond at all. And like I read earlier, to take That's the knee. Great. Thanks. That's a great question. I'm going to actually take that. That's such a good question, Glenn. I'm going to take that one. I want to answer it. I don't have time. We don't have time now. But I'm. A, I'm I think we need to talk about that one. Um, and so that's going to be in the series. I'm going to put that in the notes for sure. Thank you. That's an excellent question. So funny. Some of us struggle with putting up boundaries, and some of us struggle more with like letting people in and keeping up barriers. That's another whole like aspect of this. Um, uh, processing through. I think so much of this comes down to what it, so much of it always comes down to, which is learning to listen to the presence of God again and the presence of God within community. Mm -hmm.